0: This is the Hockey Podcast Network,
1: your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL.
0: This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 3, Episode 72 as the Stanley Cup Final is still being played. Game two was completed last night. We are recording this on Sunday, Father's Day. So, you know, happy Father's Day to all you dads out there. And, you know, if you're a Colorado avalanche, you gotta be feeling really good. And, you know, uh, Andy, I hope you're enjoying this weekend as, uh, you know, the Stanley Cup Finals, looks like it's almost halfway through. So, uh, yeah, how are you doing, my friend? Doing a hell of a lot
1: better than uh, fans of the Tampa Bay Lightning, that's for sure. I'm doing fine. Yeah, uh, obviously, it, it's it still stings the Rangers aren't playing anymore, but uh, it's hard to imagine uh, the result, the way the Colorado Avalanche are playing. It's hard to really imagine a different result than what's uh, if if the Rangers somehow had got by Tampa to make it to this point just knowing what we knew about their injuries and everything uh even without Cadre, uh there's a a team that is faster, younger, hungrier uh and just more committed, you know, and has more of a fire in their bellies and it's, it's it's the Colorado Avalanche going away, you know. They and it's it's scary to think that their rustiest game was game 1 and then just total domination in game 2 when you we everyone expected Tampa to be better and make some more adjustments and it was just domination. So uh, so, yeah. So, but listen, well, I, they're going back I to have Tampa. A hot, oh, yeah.
0: No, no, I have a hot take right now. Yeah, uh, I, I you know, was uh, talking to uh, a few buddies of mine, and I actually said it. I said this, this statement, and I, I do mean it. I, looking back now, hindsight, obviously, 2020, I think I'm glad the New York Rangers lost because there is nothing to learn from losing 7 nothing game straight against the Colorado Avalanche that's not a learning experience that is demoralizing I that is a, a recipe for management to make irrational moves possibly during the off season and I, I think you know what the t- you know, what the Colorado Avalanche would have done to us especially as fans we would have turned our backs on maybe some of the younger players on this team, some of the veteran players on this team, uh, I, I think it would have done more bad than good. And looking at the Colorado Avalanche and how they shook off the rust in game one and how they played maybe the most complete game I've ever seen, uh, uh, the most complete game Mark Messier thinks he's ever seen from you know uh, in the Stanley Cup Finals. So, I, I mean, they were damn near perfect. I mean, they absolutely obliterated the Tampa Bay Lightning. Granted, Tampa Bay Lightning was also down 2-0 against the New York Rangers, and they came back. They were also down, uh, they lost game one to the Toronto Maple Leafs. So they don't get off to the best starts in these series, but this one feels like it's already over, and home ice advantage is not going to do this team any good. I mean, they were just absolutely dominated. So my hot take, Andy, is that I am kind of glad That the Rangers avoided the the train that Colorado Avalanche are right now. Yeah, I
1: I feel similarly. Uh, There's not much to be learned from that except, you know, just feeling how far away you really are. Maybe a little bit of ignorance is better just so this team stays the course and doesn't do anything too drastic where they're, you know, I mean. You you obviously have to, I hope, hopefully Drury is watching the cup final and realize, wow, we definitely need a little bit more team speed because the Rangers are slow. Although that being said, the St. Louis isn't exactly the fastest team. And I feel like they gave Colorado their toughest matchup, you know, until they lost uh, Bennington went down. Um, And that was just more of just relentless in your face for check and puck protection. You know what I mean? So... Those are the yeah. lessons you have to learn. But you're right. I mean, you know, this Rangers team getting absolutely demoralized and Schuster could just blown up. I just, yeah, it, it you know, it, maybe, you know, it's definitely, you know, it's in a, like you said, in a weird way, you'd almost feel you closer to victory losing in game six in the ECF than just getting blown out in the final. So I,
0: like it's, it's because it's the score, like the scores, like the first game throwaway, that's a rust game. I You can't do seven nothing a game. like if you don't think Colorado's capable of putting seven goals up on us and and shutting us down completely, like, I don't know if there's a team right now in the National Hockey League that really could compete with Colorado with how they're playing right now. like I, I like you mentioned you know St. Louis a couple rounds ago. Yeah, may, maybe then that was early, but Colorado almost seems just so fresh so young so fast so eager to win it just seems like destiny is also on their side you know they had tough goalie luck in the uh, uh, last year and a year before you know this year I feel like they were just destined to win and they've just gotten stronger every single round and you know yes St. Louis was the toughest matchup for them but you know St. Louis is you know eventually fell and you know, they played a physical game and they did the best they could, but it ultimately just kind of felt like a speed bump in, in, in their road. And they've just been on cruise control ever since. And they're just so fresh because they haven't played a ton of games. And, you know, even though Tampa Bay Lightning, very similar situation in, well, you know, they, they you know, they got the cruise in the second round and they beat the Rangers in six. But, you know, ultimately it felt like Tampa Bay getting point back, Vasilevsky. Oh, my God. Wow. I butchered that name. Vasilevsky you know, on top of his game, you know, against the Rangers that they had a shot here. But I mean, damn, I mean, I was on my way home from PNC Art Center after working and just listening to, you know, XM NHL radio, you, you would have thought Vasilevsky was the worst goalie in the league. It was unbelievable. They were talking about how he needs to work with the goalie coach uh, before game three I mean, it it was unbelievable. And I thought this guy was the best goalie in the whole world. And it makes my take feel like I was right the entire time, where when you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning, I'm sorry, but Vasilevsky just does not scare me. And he shouldn't really scare you at all. Because when the guy is tested, he doesn't really make the big... like. Has he stolen a game at all in the last few years? I mean... Like, he had a rough start against Toronto. He wasn't tested at all against Florida. I mean, Florida was just pathetic. Um, he, he wasn't that great against the Rangers. I mean, even game six, he kind of let in that soft goal from Lindgren. Like, this guy, for the best goalie in the whole world, doesn't really scare me at all. And yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, know, I know everyone is, feels different. And listen, I'm not saying he's a bottom feeder goalie in the NHL. I mean, he's still a top five goalie in the league for me. Absolutely. Top three. But Vasilevsky just does not scare me at all when, when it comes to uh, playing him. Well, you know what it is, is that I
1: think there's this, uh, if, I think just fans in general kind of look at goaltending in a vacuum when they shouldn't, that it's like performance is is like the best, you know, whatever. If you're the best, in the, you always have a, a chance to win, which is true. But I think the biggest thing is, you know, if you don't trust the d- team that's in front of you, you play worse, right? Uh, he was getting bombarded against the, the avalanche. And lo and behold, he gave up some out stinkers to the outside shot because he probably was cheating one way or another, thinking that if they're not going to cover my far post in time. So he got beat on down the rush a few times where he's like, it's going to get Put in my back door because I can't trust my defenseman to get back. Half t- the because they're two on ones too because he keeps getting burned by his you know just over aggressive play and and the, Tampa's got no answer for the speed of Colorado. Case in point, look at Igor in the uh, the series against the Penguins. How many times did the Rangers allow cross crease passes to the back door? And he, the best goalie in the world, who's going to win the Vesna, looked like shit. It's not because he's a bad goalie. It's because he didn't trust the team in front of him. And you know what I mean? So, yeah. yeah so, I, again, it's, I think Vass, I don't, I, Homer, but the thing Homer is, though, Homerism the avalanche aside. Yeah. Sorry.
0: No, the, the avalanche didn't give up. The problem is the avalanche didn't get 50 shots on goal, they got 30 shots on goal and they scored seven. You know, yeah, that's not know, acceptable. Like the Rangers, when Shusterkin was getting crushed, they were giving up like 55 shots on goal. Like, there was another 25 shots on top of, you know, what the uh, Lightning were facing. So, like, I, that, that's, like, that's the difference maker for me. Like, I don't know. I, listen, this is a New York Rangers podcast, and I, I, I mean this when I say this. There's not a fucking doubt in my mind that Shostakovich is better than Vasilevsky. I take Shostakovich eight days a week over Vasilevsky. Vasilevsky has a phenomenal team in front of him. Granted, he is playing the Colorado Avalanche this round, but he wasn't that great, great against Toronto. Wasn't tested in round two. He played a beat-up New York Rangers team that barely tested him and gave up some soft goals. And now he's just getting absolutely blown out of the building against the you know, Colorado Avalanche. So you know what? New York Ranger fans, I don't care if you disagree with me, but our goalie, Igor Shosturkin, is the best goalie in the National Hockey League, and I'll take him over Vas- Vasilevsky. Mark that down right now, Andy. Yeah.
1: I I mean, I feel similarly. And again, <laughs> we're not, I'm not saying Vasilevsky's uh bad goalie by any means. I just No, think, no, 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 no. I just think you look at Igor having one of the best seasons of the cap era for a goaltender um, since Don Makasik and on a team that is as defensively flawed as the New York Rangers and yet posting the results he posts as opposed to Vasilevsky, who has, at least for the last few seasons, had some of the best defensive structure team structure in front especially in the playoffs in front of him uh in a very long time so yeah again but we'll see i think if igor can have a repeat then maybe people will finally and especially with the the sting of watching colorado or excuse me uh, tampa lose in the final although listen it's not over i not over i will never count tampa out i promise but Uh, I think you could see the worm turn on that a bit where it's like, oh, maybe we need to pump the brakes before we're so ready, you know, but people are already so ready to anoint this or that. And it's just hockey such a volatile. What have you done for me lately? Who's in the spotlight right now? Sport, right? You know,
0: well, you know what it is? You know, what really, truly bothers me, Andy, was I saw the meme. It's the Simpsons. I think Bart beating up someone on the playground. Oh, stop, you know, he's already like, dead or whatever. Yeah, stop, he's already dead. And it was like, you know, Vasilevsky beating up Chesterkin or, or some, something like that. It, it well, was something I, was, like, I was seeing the same means
1: with Colorado
0: and, and Vasilevsky. Right, so, right. Yeah, they just shifted it. So one series later, you know, how, how the, uh, the turns yeah. table. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's just my hot take. Uh, another hot take for me was, that you know, I'm happy the Rangers are avoiding the strain uh, that the Colorado Avalanche are. How about this for a New York Rangers podcast? I'm happy they didn't make it to the Stanley Cup final. And uh, well, no. And then, you know, in the next sentence, I, our goalie is the best goalie in the world. So they, I had to make up for what I said previously. But yeah, I, I don't think it would be positive for the Rangers to lose to the Colorado Avalanche the way the Lightning are losing, because I do think you can plug in any single team in a National Hockey League where the Lightning are right now, and Colorado would be doing the same exact thing. So I don't think it even matters who they're playing. They're just that good right now. And they're a team of destiny and, you know, lightning might, you know, lightning might steal a game. Listen, Vasilevsky will now probably post a shutout to shove it in my face. And this will, you know, I'll be wearing egg on my face for the next couple days here. But listen, I, I am overly confident that avalanche will win this series no more than six games. I doubt this ever gets to a seventh game. So, um, Yeah. Uh, anything else about the Stanley Cup uh, final so far, Andy? No, not really. Uh, the NHL
1: awards are next Tuesday or no, they're, they're twos- this Tuesday, right? Yes. So, uh, we'll get to see the results of the Vesna Trophy winner and I guess the Jack Adams, but I don't think or no. Sorry, Jack Adams always was handled out. Kalant did not win. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, if Igor does, not like I said, if Igor doesn't win the Vesna, I'm going to break every piece of furniture in my in my house. Um but uh no, like you think you like you said, it's 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 clearly it's been awesome watching the pace that uh you know Colorado plays at an aspirational pace. And uh man, it'll be interesting to see if their players like Kadri and Nishkushin, if they are go elsewhere this summer, because they're gonna get paid, like really paid. Although Colorado has a good amount of cap space, but I don't know if they can sign both of them. They can maybe keep one of them. So do you keep an or do you keep cadre or I don't really know their cap, their salary thing. I could look and be like, oh, they can easily resign these two. But um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, but uh, yeah.
0: Yeah, um, well, that's really it. Well, all right. I, well, I had another question and it is sure. sort of Stanley Cup related and uh, NHL awards related. The The Norris Trophy, obviously, I think before the season started, everyone kind of knew that it was owed to Cal McCarr. After the season he had last year, the season he had this year, it belongs to him. It, it, but is there a shot? I don't think Hedman wins it at all. I don't think he's even in contention. I think it's either Yossi or McCarr. Is there a chance Yossi wins this? No, not really. I mean,
1: it was already voted on, uh, I believe, prior to the the playoffs. But I just don't, you know, just his offensive like you could say what you want defense aside and it's not like McCarr's a slouchy i think he actually improved his defensive play this season um but and uh, listen it, it obviously helps having a good team around you too but um no i just i don't i don't think so i just think the combination of of the predators overall being although i guess in a lot of ways you should say the predators being such a deeply flawed team and still somehow making the uh making the postseason, was kind of, you know, was a, a symptom of how good Roman Yossi was this year for them. But I I don't really think so. I just, like you said, I just think historically so many of these awards are less so about the season, you know, the the overall play of a player and how much of it's like, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, oh we, we missed this. We owed this guy this one for not, for, you know, whatever, for missing the chance. And, you know, Makar was hurt for most part, the, a large part, as good as he looked. Last year, he was hurt for so much of it. They just couldn't really, in good conscience, give it to him, especially stacked up against what Adam Fox was able to do. So it was owed. And then he he, he has this monster year. Yeah, there's not, I don't think there's a chance.
0: And uh, well, I have to continue my questions with the, the award ceremony. How, how do you feel with the Calder, Michael Bunting being in contention uh, for the Calder Memorial Trophy?
1: I mean, until they change the rule, like again, I'm not mad at Michael Bunting. No, no, I'm not no, mad no, at our no, Temi no. Panarin beat Connor McDavid. You know, you should be upset that they the eligibility is what it is. They should say uh, it should be a player. I think it, the caller should be a player under the age of, uh, 20, uh, I guess, 23.
0: Yeah, I agree. I would, I would cap it there. You should have to start the season under the age of 23. So if you're 22 turning 23, you're still eligible if you start the season at the age of 23, no, you're, you're, you're done. I mean, it's just a silly, I don't know. It's not that it's silly. It's more of like, yeah, technically they are an NHL rookie, but they're not a rookie with professional hockey. And that's how, that's how I kind of look at it. You know, this is supposed to be a celebration of the youth and the next generation coming into the league. And when you have a guy that's, you know, significantly older than, you know, the other players that are up for this trophy, you know, it's kind of frustrating, you know, seeing how, you know, this all like lays out. I, I don't think he wins it. You know, I, I do think I call me crazy. Is this crazy, Andy? But do you feel like it's important the league like give awards out? Like if Michael Bunting wins the Calder, that's the most buzz thing the NHL can do. Like you got to give. It either to, you know, Cedar or Zegras because you want the next generation name going to gonna be implanted, you know, within league uh, history. I mean, I think Moritz Sider should win it anyway, just because
1: what, you know, he's a number one defenseman and a very good one at this age already playing, you know, crazy minutes on a team that's absolutely a tire fire. You know what I mean? I, I also he should agree. win going away. You know, I've, I'm already so impressed by his poise at this age. He's gonna be so good when he's you know, as he gets older. He's already so good. So um, you know, you want to talk Victor Hedman peak of his powers, that's what we're you're looking at in him.
0: I, So Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. But, you know, I just you know, for that narrative though, it's just so annoying that, you know, one thing's up and you know, also too, I like do you do you feel that it's skewed like, all right. It's one thing for Matthews to be up for an award with the Toronto Maple Leafs because Austin Matthews makes that team. Like Austin Matthews is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Like he's the face of that franchise. He's by far their best player. He makes that team go without him. Uh, you know, I don't know what the Toronto Maple Leafs are, which is why he, you know, he's up for the heart. Uh, and, you know, he's obviously going up against your So uh, My question to you, Andy, is uh, a team like the Toronto Maple Leafs that, you know, you could argue are built much better than the New York Rangers right now, uh, you know, do you think that comes into play? Maybe not with like an Austin Matthews situation, but like a bunting situation against the Zegras who's on a a lesser team, you know, with the Ducks or, you know, obviously Cedar with Detroit Redwoods.
1: Well, I think the thing, the problem with the heart is that it's such a, there's not a, I don't, I think you can ask, you know, three different people what the criteria for the heart should be. And they'd give you three different answers. Right. You can, we can like the reverse is with the Calder. We argue about the eligibility, but it's the best person that had their best, like introductory season in the NHL, which is pretty cut and dry. Right. Right, but the player that's most valuable to their team is kind of hard to quantify, because you know there are players that can put up a lot of. Jonathan Huberdeau can have hundred ten points, but he can also be piss poor defensively, uh, and you know the, be on a stacked offensive team that's like the, the highest scoring team in the league. Other than you know where he's only one of many people, whereas you know there's guys who might only put up. 36 goals, 37 goals But the next nearest person on their team might have nothing, you know, or not, you know what I mean? But they might have 20 if that, you know what I mean? So you could argue that they're probably more important because their team can't score and they're the only one who's keeping them afloat or a goaltend. You know what I mean? So it's tough. I, I, I obviously agree with you that a guy like Austin Matthews, the team goes as he goes, but that's also, You can can point to his goal scoring, but again, the rest of the team scores a good amount of goals, I think, between Tavares and Nylander and Marner and, uh, you know, just some of the other players on that team that that they have other goals. And oh, and like we had mentioned, um, Michael Bunting, there's other goal scores on that on that club. You know, maybe they're not they're not all like Matthews where they're the leading rocket Richard winner, you know, scoring 60 goals, but. You know, it's just it's just tough. It's like, how do you quantify that? It's just such a it's a little bit of an open ended, open to interpretation type statement. We say who is the most valuable player to their team. You know, and and then you do you do you take account how good or bad the team is, or how well they defend, or you know. So yeah, I don't I don't know the answer to that. You know, I just think that right now it's kind of tough to 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 quantify what the the criteria should be or you know, what it is, because I think if you're a lot of these people that are, you know, the the writers that are grading it are grading it in different ways, you know.
0: Right. I mean, it's the same thing with the Vesna. I mean, if you look at you have, you know, Markstrom, Saros and, and Chesterkin, you know, you, you kind of look at those three goalies and it's it's pretty clear that, you know, the New York Rangers, you know, maybe, you know, you could argue maybe the Nashville Predators, but, you know, they're significantly they were supposed to have a significant difference in terms of quality of team where the Calgary Flames were a team that was clearly going to be contending for a Stanley Cup before the season started. You know, Rangers got to that point surprisingly, but it was really just due to the play of Igor Shosturkin carrying, a, you know, a lot of that load. So, you know, a Vesna trophy, you know, it kind of correlates with the heart too, with Igor, because it's like, not only did he carry this team to an incredible, journey this entire se- regular season you know you can't uh, count playoffs obviously and you know you know it, it kind of goes hand in hand with the vesna trophy like the vesna trophy what is the definition is it just purely stats is it purely wins like that's so arbitrary because you know a, a markstrom with the calgary flames was supposed to get x amount of wins this season did he go above and beyond that probably not what was Igor supposed to be? You know, what was Igor's stats supposed to be? Uh, he clearly carried this team, and you know his stats, impressive stats, were kind of eye opening. So in, in my eyes, it's like you know, prior to the season starting, what was the expectation? Did that goalie exceed expectations given the team that he plays on? So you know, I do think that there should be some like that should be looked at. I don't know if should it, it should always be. You know, it's kind of like the Norris where. They do have a habit of just giving it to the defenseman with the most points. You know, I, I don't think that's purely what the best defenseman in the league, you know, should be based upon. You know, I and we we've spoken about this I think every year since we've had the podcast, Andy. But you know, maybe an additional uh, award for defenseman, the Bobby Orr Award, where you do give it out to the defenseman with the most points, and then maybe the uh, Norris is given to a, the most balanced defenseman. You know, they don't have to be in contention. Or you know the you know you'll have the Bobby
1: Orr, then you can have the
0: Nick Lidstrom award. Sure, yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I I just think you know, especially the role of the defenseman. You know, a a goalie, it's a little bit more cut and dry because I think you can look at the stats and look at the team and just be like, okay. But you know, you know, a defenseman, you know, their role could be purely to be shut down, and like you said, you know, the the value of a shutdown defenseman doesn't always show up on uh as easy on a score sheet than you know a goal and an assist so um you know but you know the nhl probably will never change anything we'll just leave it as is and and uh you know we'll be talking about this you know every june and off season so uh anything else andy uh
1: no not really so much about the nhl
0: awards i don't think uh you are, you, know, I, are you okay if Austin Matthews wins the heart? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I don't really care. I, okay.
1: I, it's funny because it's like I, like I had mentioned, because I've already accepted that there's not a ge- general consensus of what the award should be. It doesn't surprise me when it goes to, I think I get more upset when the wrong goaltender wins the Norris or, or excuse me, the, or wins the Vezina. Um, well, who or, do you think wins the Vesna? Igor wins the Vezna. going away. I, I, th- I think it's you not think- even close. Okay. I think right. the fact that he had a strong, you know, not, I, although again, I think it's, it's voted on before the postseason. I just think, I think the fact that he was even in the heart conversation. Um, and it, listen, if he somehow wins the heart, I'd be gobsmacked, but there's
0: not a, there's, I hate not, the a chance. there's, not, there's not a chance.
1: There's not a chance that he wins the heart, but if he does somehow, I mean, I would think that there is justice in this world finally. Um, but <laughs> no, I mean, again, he doesn't win the I'm breaking every piece of furniture because it's just, he had the highest save percentage, you know, fewest goal. Like it's just, and just you, even, the, even in, by most basic advanced stats, you just see how far ahead he is of almost the, the near, next goaltender. He had one of the best seasons by a goaltender and, a very long time and this is a year that scoring is up and yet he is the the numbers he posted were freakish and he literally was bad for what what was it james two weeks maybe all season I, and everyone's well, like I, oh he's cooled down a bit and he just picked it right back up
0: uh, yeah if you wouldn't even want to call it like he played normal he played like an average goalie for about two weeks he looked hum- he looked human yeah he looked like a normal nhl goalie like because there are times where like he'll let in like a couple bad goals. And then like, if you watch any other NHL game, like every other goalie gives up those goals too. Like, so when he's normal, it's like, oh my God, you know, he, he, he you know, he's had a bad game, but you know, people don't even realize like, well, you know, he had 48 shots against them and yeah, he yeah, gave up. four like, goals. was the
1: team in front of him been shit yeah. all year, at least defensively. The right. Yes. Uh,
0: yeah. There was never a game that Igor blew. There has never been a game where I've seen and like you could remind me if there was one where the Rangers lost because Igor had a bad game. Nope, not this year. Absolutely. No, certainly not this year. I mean, maybe maybe when he first, you know, his you know debut or, you know, uh, but not certainly not this year. And I don't even think when he had his worst games in the playoffs against the Penguins were they particularly his fault. You know, the Rangers gave up a ton of shots. And they gave up grade A chances, and you they weren't some they, of the shots that were beating Vasilevsky right now. If that makes any sense, right, right. And you know, it. Listen, he's he's on a team that exceeded expectations, and he is the sole reason why that team has exceeded expectations. So, you know, it him, and then you you know you got really good play out of some of your top players, but. The team goes through Igor, just like Austin Matthews carries, you know, the Toronto Maple Leafs, just like, you know, McDavid and Dreisidel carry the Edmonton Oilers. There are players on these teams that make those teams go. Igor is ultimately our guy at the end of the day. And you can't tell me anything different, especially after the season he had this year.
1: Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on. And DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in all of sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs? With DraftKings Same Game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets, like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. And best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win, and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See
0: show notes for details. I expect them to win the Vesna for some reason. I just I I feel like they're not going to give it to him. I don't know why.
1: I I understand the fear as a Rangers fan, but I I think they give it to him. I think I think most people stock of the New York Rangers high, especially with Adam Fox winning last year. Um, and yeah, I think. I, I, I think I think he's got it in the bag. But again, if he doesn't, I will be shocked. And again, there'll be a lot of broken furniture in my apartment. So uh, oh. but no, I, I I'm i pretty I am. I would say I'm ninety nine point nine percent confident he is winning. All
0: right. I, I mean, listen, I. When you're when you're that confident and you're feeling good about something, I, you know, it, it, deep inside it it warms my heart. But you know me, Mr. Negative, you know, a black cloud will always follow me. There's a part of me that like before I can get too excited, uh, you know, I got to kind of be reserved about my excitement of him winning a Vesna because that's a big deal. You know, I was excited when you know, Fox won the Norris, So um, I'll be equally as excited uh, if he takes home a Vesna. It is well deserved. Uh, anything else about the awards before we get into some New York Rangers news?
1: Uh, no, I think that about covers it. Um, again, let's hope for my credenza's sake that Igor has some uh, hardware in his hands by Tuesday evening. Ends. Absolutely, absolutely.
0: Uh, New York Rangers news. Uh, I, I don't know if you were as excited as I was, but I was pleasantly surprised and happy to hear uh, Sammy Blaze is going to be back for another year. And he takes a very nice contract of $1.525 million. Uh, for one year, and then he becomes a unrestricted free agent. After that, uh, you know, I, I feel like this guy. Obviously, he didn't get a ton of playing time for the New York Rangers. An unfortunate injury didn't really make it back in time for uh, the NHL playoffs. Uh, you know, a guy that I think most Ranger fans felt like he could be almost a Zuccarello esque in terms of his energy and his play. Uh, I thought, you know, he just uh, was electric when he was out there. And I thought he did a lot of good things and was certainly a player that the New York Rangers missed when he went down. Uh, I just felt a lot of excitement around this guy. And I think, you know, I think most Ranger fans kind of knew that this guy would have been a perfect New York Ranger just with his uh, on ice ability to uh, sort of, you know, just be a high octane energy player. Exactly what the Rangers needed. So. Here, here he is back with us another year with a very nice contract. I feel like he gets it. He wants to be a part of something special. And, uh, you know, here he is after an injury signing a very friendly contract. Andy, are you as excited as I am with this contract and him being around for another year?
1: I am, you know, good piece of business by Drury. Uh, again, I I don't know if he was going to get much more elsewhere. Maybe he could have got a little bit more. Uh, but again, coming off of a An injury like this, not really playing most of the season. He didn't play long enough to put up any stats that can be kind of prorated and say, "Well, he was on." You know what I mean? And he was, you know, he's coming from a St. Louis team where he was essentially an energy bottom six fourth line guy, right? So there wasn't much more he could get. And I think he he clearly at least has enjoyed being with the New York Rangers and. Uh, yeah, he saw how close they got without him. So yeah, I just think it makes sense for him to resign, but the Rangers are going to need save save wherever they can. That's how tight up they're going to be against, against the summer resigning players. Uh, so yeah, good piece of business to, to, to get him locked up, you know, just under his, his qualifying offer, which is, you know, great. And who knows what promises have been made to him or we don't know, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm happy he wants to play here. And again, we need cheap production. So between having Krafts off and him uh, as players that not only can slot into your bottom six, but there's that at least a potential there to mature beyond it if need be, because who knows what's the future of the Rangers' top six, right? I, I mean, you hope it's Lafreniere and or this and Panarin and Kreider the staples there, but you just don't know, right? So you always want to have players who could... Uh, maybe should be playing a little bit oh, above a higher role than they're allowed. That just means that your team is deep, right? So, uh, yeah, I'm happy to get those those guys, res, you know, get Sammy player signed?
0: Yeah, and, and, you know, obviously we don't know what he would have brought the entire season, right? And Rangers played a ton of games, you know, through the playoffs. And, you know, the one thing that the New York Rangers, I felt, missed was, they missed a player exactly like him, and to bring this piece back and you know, you know, I, I don't know about you, Andy, but you know the, how many times, well, I do know this, because me and you talked about this. How many times did we say, like, could you imagine, you know Sammy Blay was healthy? Could you imagine if Gure was 100 percent healthy in these playoffs? Like you know, here we are. We have another chance at this with Sammy Blay back in the lineup, and you know hopefully he stays healthy this season. But this was a huge piece that could have been, you know, that could have been a difference maker of, say, winning, you know, the uh, a series or a little bit earlier. You know, it could have been knocking off, you know, the Carolina Hurricanes in six instead of falling behind and, and having to go set. You know, it could have been the difference between winning the third game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. And we could be getting absolutely pummeled against the Colorado Avalanche right now. You just never know. So uh, I, I thought you know the New York Rangers desperately needed a player like him and the fact that he you know he's back for one more year at a contract that's very friendly uh good on him and you know uh, I'm happy that the New York Rangers were able to get that deal done um yeah i mean other than that Andy you know I, I don't know i don't know who would be next is there is there any players right now like rumors swirling that you know the Rangers are are desperately trying to resign or you know it's looking good you know talks right now is there anything rumors like that right now
1: nothing i've seen i mean again it's we are very, literally you know a little over a week now i think removed from them getting eliminated so the fact that we've already had so much action i think speaks to chris duri's uh yeah his mentality and just his how he operates whereas i think a, a guy like jeff gorton is a uh, was always a little bit more patient to see how things materialize. I think Chris Drury, and we've mentioned this before, he knows what he wants. And when he knows what he wants, he goes out and gets it. He's not afraid to overpay to get it. And sometimes we can bemoan the price, but in he it's so far, at least if you look at how he's things, even if it didn't work out, you know, clearly didn't work out so much with the Patrick Nemec contract, but you know, then kind of, writes a wrong and goes out and gets Justin Braun. Um, not that Justin Braun was like a world beater by any chance, but uh, it at least helped kind of maybe erase one of his other mistakes. Obviously, you're upset to have the, the Nemeth contract now, but I don't know. I don't it's very, you know, no GM's record is absolutely spotless.
0: Um, so we'll I have a question for you. Yeah, go ahead. Are the Rangers going to proceed with Nemeth as the sixth defenseman? No. Next season? You no, don't think so? I
1: don't think so. I think everyone, the fact that he, they, he was scratched for Braun, I think they, it's, not a, it's not something you, at his age, you just rebound from, you know? And I think once you, you know, and that's the thing, he, Gallant played him so much, but once Gallant was like, enough of this, I'm, I'm playing Braun, I think, he, you know, once you lost, he lost Gallant's trust, I think that was spelled the end for him, you know? Yeah. So I, so, who knows how they get rid of that contract or if they just ride it out for next year and um, you know, I don't know or if he gets sent down. I, I didn't even look to see if it's a two-way contract or you know what the deal is.
0: Uh Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know much about that contract. I, I never thought it was going to this is a great, great podcasting by me. I could pull it up, but I'm
1: lazy and I'm tired and I don't want to. I, I actually Oh, don't.
0: I'm looking at it right now. Actually, there's uh, a modified no trade clause. So there's eight teams that he cannot be traded to. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I listen. I, I don't know if there's any, you know, I, I'm pretty sure Nemeth is on every other teams. No trade, you know, no trade list. So, yeah. I don't think he has to worry about the you know going to those specific eight teams. You know, I don't think any team really is going to want him after the season he's had. Although I did think he played better kind of after he got hurt, uh, which is you know odd. he had his
1: ups and downs. He might look better on a team that's better defensively overall than the New York Rangers. Um, mm-hmm. but this is still the New York Rangers, so I you know make I of believe- that what you will. I hope. Listen, I hope they're better defensively next year. I think. It's in in their
0: best interest to figure that out, but um, yeah. Well, well, let's look at it this way, Andy. Right now, obviously, Fox Lindgren, Druba, Miller. I would imagine Schneider, deservingly so, deserves an auto- automatic spot on the bottom pairing. Uh, do you think it goes to Nils? Like, is Nils straight? Like, who is their Our last defenseman then. I you know the funny thing is I think, I think it. And
1: uh, I've seen a lot of beat writers speculate, too, that they seem to think that in a lot of ways, Zach Jones has overtaken Nils in the uh, pecking order. Um, and that they would, uh, uh, especially since the Schneider, Schneider's clearly in their plans now. Um, I mean, barring an unforeseen, I just think unfortunate, well, not unfortunately, but even if, if Nils is technically a better defenseman when all said and done, it's just Schneider's... Uh, I guess I'll call them intangibles are you know are the type of things that GM just sell and teams salivate over because they they kind of add to the culture of your team and just the, the mental warfare and the truba factor. So, especially if they see him as a replacement for Truba eventually because they're going to have to try to remove that contract at some point. Uh yeah, so there's only one spot really there because for the time being, you know, obviously Fox and Lindgren aren't going anywhere. Uh, Truba's not going anywhere until they that there's they're ready to they have an in-house replacement or they have this cap space to get a replacement elsewhere and schneider is is not going anywhere so that leaves one spot on the left side um and yeah i listen i think nils can put it together but as it stands right now even being a little bit more undersized and maybe undersized and maybe not as um adept at using his body to defend. I just think Zach Jones is flat out better right now.
0: I, I mean, I definitely agree with you. I do think one of those defensemen will be moved, though, in a trade. So I wouldn't be necessarily... Yeah, I think so Nils is, is gets the one who gets traded,
1: especially because of his, his first-round pedigree. I think right. it, it just adds to you know some, some team's wish list. So I guess the thing to think about is that there's so much speculation that Drury will not uh we'll to we'll let both strom and cop walk and then use assets to try to bring in a sec a two c from elsewhere so that's definitely possible, but it's also possible to maybe he gets packaged to help get rid of a problematic contract or who knows i don't i don't know you know but we'll see i, I think something chris Drury, i don't know if he'll make crazy waves this summer um but i might i could still see him pulling you know something unexpected out of his hat
0: yeah maybe a bergeron you never know that's two. as, too, as i wish yeah <laughs> you I know, I know know, you know, Bergeron would. It would it, that's yeah. when the wheels would finally fall off bergeron would show up
1: and suck because it's like oh he's 30 yeah he's 36 yeah. years old or whatever yeah day. and the becomes the, the first be. time ever a defensive he's liability he's like yeah after having the best one of the best defensive uh seasons
0: ever <laughs> you know i uh, God. Hey. But I I want him. I I know this is like crazy, but I do. I I would take him in a heartbeat as a number two center to play with, you know, Panarin. I, I know. I don't know. I just feel like if the right players around him offensively, he's perfectly fine. And he brings an element that not many players in this league can bring. And he still has it at his age. If he wants another shot of a cup, you know, playing for the New York Rangers could be rejuvenating for him and you know maybe you do get another really good year out of them so uh who knows but this is obviously for another podcast you know the 2c for the new york rangers is certainly worthy of a podcast on its own uh do you have anything else i mean you know you know for me i just uh with these two signings with you know kraftsoff obviously you know signing his deal blaze signing his deal like I I like what Drury's doing so far. I mean, right now, I think, you know, those are two home runs for us. The fact that, you know, the relationship with Kraft's off seems to be positive right now is, is a great start to the off season. And, you know, certainly adding Sammy Blay, who, you know, I think he has the assets the Rangers desperately needed. You know, I, I think those are all good things and positive things and Drury should be happy with the start that he has, but, you know, that's just a little bit of an appetizer, the meat of our lineup and the meat of some, you know, the contracts of some of these players that, you know, we are going to be talking to in terms of, we're, we're talking about you know, the Petrano, the cops and, you know, see where, you know, a, a Tyler Mott officially lands and stuff like that. So, you know, I don't know, Andy, and e- even like Coco obviously he's an RFA and you know there's a lot that the new york rangers are going to have to uh, uh do this se- offseason so um yeah i mean if you don't have anything else i I don't, I don't right now
1: i wish i did but again uh you know i think we were lucky to get as much action from the new york rangers as we did uh when, you know just in this first week uh, yeah you know i mean Obviously, as we get closer to the draft, there's some action that can happen there. It'll be interesting to see. I, I sincerely doubt the Rangers are, because I've seen some speculation that the Rangers, oh, maybe, maybe they try to trade into the first round. I just don't, I think they're not in that, uh, feel they're in that phase anymore. Uh, unless they're, for whatever reason, one of their scouts is like, we need to, like this, this kid will be available at the end of the first round. And we need him, and he can be ready sooner rather than later. Uh, but yeah, I just don't think that's happening. So, yeah, um, I you know I guess as as you know I'm pretty sure Kevin Weeks or something one day we're gonna wake up and see an interesting tweet about the New York Rangers, just the way he's been, uh, you know, scooping everyone recently. But. Um, I did want to ask you, actually, it's not a Rangers related, but uh, okay. before we sign off, it is a former Rangers related. How do you feel about Torts getting the, uh, <laughs> the
0: spot in Philly? Um, you know, it's, fun- it's funny you say that because uh, Boomer Esiason, you know, uh, obviously a huge diehard Ranger fan, uh, was like so disgusted that Tortola- Tortorella would go coach the Philadelphia Flyers. I actually feel like that's a great fit for Tortorella and Philly. And, you know, obviously there's jokes, you know, saying, you know, the Flyers deserve a coach that hates them as much as the fan base does right now. But for some reason, I just feel like Tortorella and the city of Philadelphia, they're going to, it's going to be like, it's going to fit really well. I don't know why, but I feel like, it, it, they did a 180 from you know obviously having um oh my god what what the hell well they had the hacked
1: stall for a little bit and then it was uh mike yo was left over right so
0: yeah no i just feel like um no who's the ex rangers coach why can't i think of his name oh this and
1: Vigneault B- obviously yeah
0: elaine Vigneault and then now you bring in porterella i just feel like yeah, Tortorell is a complete 180 from Elaine Vigneault. And it's almost, I feel like, exactly what they need. I, I, he's going to bring a lot of passion and, and, and energy into that locker room. And there's going to be accountability, I, I, you know, even if it's, you know, not, not always rightly deserved. But I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Call me crazy, Andy, but I really do feel like that's actually a good move for Philly. And it, that actually, that part kind of annoys me that I think it actually might be a good fit. What are your thoughts?
1: No, I, well, you know, I think the problem is, is that I think it might be good in terms of what they're trying to do. I don't agree with what they're trying to do because I I forget who it was, but basically I think it was either several rallies said, you know, Torts is not being brought in to to oversee a rebuild. You know, they, they said Mm -hmm. uh, they're going to go, you know, Fletcher's going to go out and have a, a, a big summer try to do some big things. This is a team that is running out of, out of young draft capital <laughs> and probably should rebuild. You know what I mean? It's. I mean, I, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Johnny, they reunite Hayes and, and Johnny Hockey. Um, I, it th- might, it'll definitely help having Ryan Ellis healthy, but he's, you know, not a spring chicken anymore by any means. Uh, you still have Couturier, who I think is a good player and can rebound after like some set injuries and some t- a tough season. And Konechny's pretty good, but it's just that team clearly is lacking. They they have a lot of draft failures, obviously, you have come back to haunt them recently. Um,
0: is Atkinson still with them now?
1: Uh, yeah, they have Cam Atkinson, right? They signed him. So listen, they're, I think they could definitely surprise. I just think when you stack up their team against other teams they just don't have enough of everything they need they still don't have a number one defense pro is probably a good defenseman i think he can ride shotgun maybe to a number one defenseman maybe at the peak of his powers But he's not a number one defenseman true uh you know sa- did uh who what did was it samuel moran who just retired for them who, who just due to injuries Ooh, uh, and stuff
0: you might be right i uh, I'm not totally sure, but I think yeah. you actually. But are, you know right. what I'm
1: saying. It's just I just think they and, you know and I mean I guess the the jury's still out on Carter Hart. Is he what everyone thought? Um, he the is he the goaltender that everyone thought he was at not last beginning of last year but the year before. And the team in front of him has been has stunk, so that's tough for a young goaltender. You know what I mean? Um, it it was. Moran, you know, his his uh, his career is over because of just unrecoverable damage to his knee, uh, which is but they offered him a job with the organization. So credit to them for that. But, you know, it's just they don't have enough of everything they need. You know, I mean, they don't have a number one defenseman. They seem to have every guy, you know, I it's like of all the players I mentioned, maybe Atkinson's a first line player. Maybe you, and Obviously, you could say Couturier is a first line player, but that's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, maybe Connectney is, but maybe he's not like, you know, he's really inconsistent and he's really hot and really cold. And there are times he's been at odds with the coaching staff. Like, He doesn't play defensive. I don't know. So, yeah, I don't know. Again, I think Torts can is good for goosing goosing, you know, some good performances out of teams. I mean, just look at what happened in Tampa against Columbus a few years ago, but I just don't know if it's enough. You know, this is a team that should be rebuilding. Uh, And listen, Torts obviously Torts runs out his welcome in locker rooms. You know, it's funny to see Dubinsky putting the prayers up for you know uh, Cam Atkinson or whoever it was. Although Cam Atkinson apparently loves Tortorella, he loved him in Columbus, and he loves you know he's happy he's back. But um, you know, I I just I think there is a spot for Torts in this league because I don't think. I do think his he clearly showed his last time around that he was willing to adapt a little bit more, but it's just, he's, his style. you know, unfortunately in this day and age, you have to be, you every coach has to be a player's coach. You can challenge him a little bit, but you can't just be, you can't really just pick favorites and just, you know, uh, you, or you can't be too hands off or distant where I think most of the problem with Vigneault is they felt that when they were, They were unsuccessful. He basically laid it all on his team, and not that that he failed to do anything, which was horseshit. Because a lot of it was his dumbass system that you and I remember, where it's like we're going to stretch the ice really far, so no one has any support ever. So if you get a guy on a home run pass, stretch pass, you know, you have a you have a a three on two or whatever, but if not, you are literally leaving your defenseman your goaltender (laughs) out to dry. You know, you and I remember that those days well. So, Um, so yeah, again. I I love the league torts. The league is better having torts in it. It's more fun anyway. Uh, I don't obviously. I do. I want Philly to be successful. No. So I'm I'm. I think they might even be more successful in the in the interim in the long in the short term. But I don't think it'll make them better in the long term. And now what? Yeah, sorry. What were you say?
0: No, 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 no. Well, you I well you know. Before you, I don't know what you were going to say next, but before I, I rudely cut you off. But no, no. Go ahead. For a team not rebuilding. And not accepting the fact they need to rebuild, sports is the perfect coach. I still that think is that is true.
1: That that is very very true. And like I said, I think they are better this year because of it. You know what I mean? I think yeah. there is a lot of because there are some prideful guys there, and I think he's good at that. I think he's good at saying, like, getting like you know everyone disrespects us and this and that. But I think the problem is that's good for a season or two, and then it's just it's enough you hear it every day and the mind games and I don't like I don't like guys in the trainer's table all this other shit and it's just it's too much so it'll definitely be interesting obviously just torts and gritty interacting is worth the price of admission and if a team's going to be bad you should at least have some good quotes out of it right so um yeah so who knows and who knows maybe it's an awesome move they look like world beaters and he saves the identity of that franchise because, obviously, right now I, I don't know if you could find a more despondent fan base in the NHL right now, other than maybe other than Arizona Coyotes fans, uh, than the the Philadelphia Flyers, especially considering their history. You know, so yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I listen. It, it's a it's a weird situation down down there in Philly. I just feel like you know with 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 how the Flyers were last year, I don't think they're going to be as bad as they were last year. I think that was just a, a kind of a weird season. I do expect them to be a middle of the pack team. And I wouldn't be surprised if they're a team that is a couple, you know, spots out of a wild card or fighting for a wild card. I certainly don't like I I don't rule it out I, at all. Given their roster and given, you know, what Tortorella can do to fire up a squad, uh I think, you know, you know uh, you know, I, I you know, not to be somber here, but you know, a player like Hayes who had obviously the toughest year of his career and 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 possibly life you know losing his brother i i think him well i feel like know,
1: there's not to cut you off i feel like there's been a lot of speculation that he might uh he might not play this year or he might hang it up just because of how tough it's been
0: on him but
1: um i don't know i guess we'll know when we we
0: hear yeah i don't know i, I... I also feel like he's going to play. I mean, I think so too. I think ultimately people in his ear would be like, you know, his brother certainly would want him to continue to play and continue to play the game that they both loved. I mean, not, not to make this about the Hayes brothers, but you know, I I do think that there's a level of, uh, uh, you know, uh, commitment, you know, that both of these players had to the game that, you know, I, I know if I was in, you know, their situation, I certainly, would feel like I owed it to my brother to, you know, play my best and, you know, give something, you know, his kids could watch on TV and be proud of and, and dedicate, you know, the rest of his playing career to his brother. So I don't know. I I, I don't believe that he's going to hang it up, but I, I do think that, you know, he might be called out and just not called out, but like called to, to say, you know what, this is an opportunity that not many people get in life. And, you know, you have an opportunity to, lead a hockey team to a better season here in Philly and you know, I don't know. I, I, I can just I can see a, a morale season for him and, and the rest of that team. So uh especially with Torts now, you know, firing up the team. So I don't know. That's enough Philadelphia Flyer talk for me. I think I'm good for the rest of the off season. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So anything else, Andy, before you sign us off? No. Uh again, let's let's hope it-
1: You know, they do the right thing on Tuesday and give Igor the Vaznala he deserves. Uh, It will be interesting to see what rumblings and, you know, interesting tidbits we get out of uh, the insiders and the Rangers beat writers about what they're hearing coming up about what Chris Drury's doing. Uh, Unfortunately for us, Chris Drury likes, does not like people to know what he's up to. He's in that very old school cloak and shadow school of, you know, nothing gets in, nothing gets out. Um, so, you know, but at the same time, he, he seems to be expeditious when he knows what he wants to do. So hopefully that means we have plenty of, uh, action to start off the off season. And again, I'm obviously very thankful that the Rangers made it as far as they did, because you and I only have to wait a couple of months, you know, we're going to have, uh, the draft and then training camp. And then, uh, before, you know, or excuse me, uh, prospect development camp. And then before you know it, you'll have, uh, training camp and the rain and listen, despite the Rangers be, you know, getting as far as they, they have, they still have some pretty darn good prospects waiting in the wings, right? Like Will Cooley and Brendan Othman uh both almost won the OHL championship, uh, both captains on their teams, both the leading scores on their teams and some of the, the two of the top, you know, scoring players in the entire Ontario hockey league. So yeah, there, you know, we still have Brett Barrard. We still have, uh you know, Guys like Ryder Korzak who had, you know, pretty good seasons for their team. So, and yeah, I mean, there's, uh, um, you know, there's, so the Rangers, it's not like the Rangers are totally, this is it. Like they're in there, they are what they are. So there is, there is, you know, players that could possibly step in and, and change the complexion of this team yet again, which is fun. You know what I mean? Especially for a team that's gotten as far as, usually when you get as far as the Rangers have, you're not expecting that, you know, next, Um. You know, or just uh, you're in a different phase of your contention where you're not, you can't count on that. But the Rangers are unique in that because of the how they rebuilt and the amount of assets they had for so long that they, they were are able to be in this position. So uh, some of them will get dealt for other things they need more pressing things. And you know it would be upsetting if they were to part with a Will Cooley or a, a Brendan Othman, But it, you'd hope that if they do, it's for something they they truly helps them and they truly need, and it's an even more tantalizing piece. So. We shall see. Um, thank you for listening to us. Happy Father's Day um, to all the dads out there. And, uh, yeah, uh, like I said last time, just because of the offseason, we still have plenty of fun stuff to talk about. And uh, we're going to have some giveaways this summer to help me get everyone through the, uh, the non-Rangers hockey uh, blues. So stay tuned, and we'll see you all on Thursday.